This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. Welcome to this podcast from MBA Admissions at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. My name is Rita Winkler, and my guest today is my colleague, Kirsten Moss. Kirsten is Associate Director of MBA Admissions at the Graduate School of Business. Kirsten, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. What are some of your responsibilities here in MBA Admissions? I'm a member of the Admissions Committee, so my primary responsibility is reading the applications of our candidates worldwide. But I also spend time thinking about our evaluation process. So really, what questions will we be asking on our application, on our recommendations, how we train our officers who read applications, those kinds of things. When someone approaches you and asks you about writing a letter of recommendation for their application to business school, that is quite an honor, but it's also an enormous responsibility. I really like, Rita, the way that you said that, both an honor and a responsibility. Um, if you think about the responsibility piece of it, writing a recommendation really takes time, effort, enthusiasm for the candidate. And I actually want to counsel all recommenders out there, if they don't feel that they have that available, to speak candidly to the candidate. Um, all of us have been there as admissions officers where you get a very strong application on your desk, and this candidate may have two glowing recommendations, and then perhaps the third wasn't submitted on time, or the third is just one or two paragraphs written quickly. And it's a really tough decision. You certainly don't blame the candidate in any way, but if you're comparing them against others and you're really looking for reasons to admit someone, and another candidate may have three different very strong perspectives on why they would be a great candidate for a business school, one recommender may be the difference in certain cases between an admit and a deny. So there really is a responsibility there. On the flip side, it really is an honor to be asked to write a recommendation. If whether or not you're their supervisor or they're your peer, you have been in the trenches most likely with this person. You've seen them try to deliver for your organization. And what a unique moment to be able to give them a thank you and help them on their own personal journey. Um, all of us can look back on life, and there's special people who have helped us along the way. Even when I reflect on uh, going through the application process, I still remember the three people I asked. And as our paths continue to cross, I'll always have that special feeling that they really helped me to get where I am today. How important are the letters of recommendation? Admissions is more art than science. And at the end of the day, our goal really is to admit a class of the highest potential leaders we can find who will go out and make a positive difference in this world. And what we believe at Stanford is the best predictor of their future leadership potential is really what's happened in the past. And that's where you come in as a recommender. You're our opportunity to get an objective opinion about the impact that this candidate has had on your organizations and on other people. You can tell us how they've accomplished their goals, not just what they've done, because you've been there watching them. And lastly, you can tell us how people respond to their leadership style. Everybody leads in a different way, and you can give us those details about how people in the organization feel about this candidate. All of those opinions are important to making our decision and also ones that the candidate themselves could not provide. We ask that recommenders provide very specific information. Why can't they just write a short note about their experience with the applicant? 
Rita, we think long and hard about what information is critical from a recommender to help us make our admissions decision. In fact, that's a lot of what I spend my day-to-day -day work on is thinking with the admissions committee, what do we need to know? This year, knowing how valuable your time is, we've reduced our recommendation questions from seven to four and just given you the barest minimum. We ask you four different things. One, what's the context of your relationship with the applicant that you're recommending? Two, what impact has this applicant had on your organization? Three, how have they performed? And in fact, this year, the question that we ask you is just to help you think about that is to think about a memorable moment that you've had with the applicant where they've done something that's really left their mark and tell us not only what they did but how they went about it and how other people responded. So that gets to the how. And then the fourth question is tell us about a time you've given constructive feedback to the candidate and that helps us see how the candidate's grown over time. So each of these four things is critical to us in making uh, a final application decision. The reason if you just write a short note to get back to your question, Rita, is I'm worried that in a couple paragraphs you might not be able to capture all four of these answers. Would you agree that it also, uh, by asking very structured questions, the applicants really compete in a much more level playing field? That's a good point. We really believe that each of these, whether it's what they've done or how they've done it or how they've grown, are critical to understanding their potential as a leader. So if you're not giving that, it takes away the fairness of the process for the applicant that you're advocating for. You have literally read thousands of applications. In your experience, what distinguishes an effective letter of recommendation? That's really a great question, Rita. In preparation for our time together today, I really thought hard and long about how to write effective recommendations. And I also spoke with the other officers on our admissions committee to get their opinions. And what surprised me was how unanimous the feedback was. But almost everyone said, oh, when I read a really great recommendation, the person jumps off the page and they really come alive. I feel like I know them. I know the good, the bad, the warts. But if I walked into a room even, I could almost pick out this person. That's how effective the recommendation is. So once I heard that and it, I agreed in my own mind that that's what it feels like when you read a great recommendation, I tried to step back and think, what are the tips that I could give to you so you can help prepare one of those? There are four that I came up with. The first tip I have to tell you is to come with an honest perspective. You might ask yourself, well, I'm honest, what does that mean? I mean, really when you think about this candidate, give us some insight into where this candidate has grown. Give us some sense of what are the spikes, what they do phenomenally well, what they're strong at, but also things that they've had to work on. I think some of the toughest recommendations to get our hands around are those where you look at, we ask you to mark a grid, for instance, of different behaviors that this candidate has, different qualities. There's 15 of them, and every single box is marked to five. And then in addition, we'll ask you to give us some constructive feedback that you've given to the candidate. And the feedback will, will be, I'll call it generic. Um, they're a perfectionist, they work too hard, they don't have good balance in their life because they're always the last to leave or turn the office lights off. And what happens in a recommendation where everything is good is it loses its authenticity. 
you know, some, you don't get an appreciation of what is really strong about a particular candidate if everything is put down as their attributes and their strengths. So the best feedback I could give you and the most honest tip is the more that you can tell us about who this candidate is, good, bad, and all, the more that we can um, see them live, 3D, as a real person and not just a piece of paper. The second tip I wanted to give to you is to remember to provide the admissions committee with not just what you think about a candidate, but evidence of why you think that. A typical mistake that some recommenders would make is to say, let's say Rajiv, we're talking about Rajiv, and I'll read the recommendation and it'll say, Rajiv is a great team player, people love to be around him, everyone always wants him to be on their team, he's very smart. He's very analytical, he's a great modeler, and you'll go through an entire recommendation, and yet at the end of it, I won't have a real sense of the details of the impact that he's actually have. I'll have a list of superlatives. Could you give an example of the kind of information that uh, would make a difference? Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Rita. In fact, yesterday I was reading a recommendation that really stuck with me. And this particular candidate it was written by a peer, and he was speaking in the recommendation about just how intellectually curious Jonathan was and how he loved to solve problems. And the detailed example he gave me, it stuck with me because I could visualize it so clearly. They were in an investment bank, and they're sitting around a table discussing a very complicated financial instrument. And uh, even the managing directors and the vice presidents couldn't figure out exactly how to value this instrument. So after an hour, they called it quits. And at that point, Jonathan ran out to the public library. He pulled three finance books off the shelf, ran back, learned about things he hadn't ever studied before, and by the next morning put a model on his uh, vice president's desk that came up with two different ways to think about valuing this option. Now, that's an extreme example, but it really shows you how struck this peer was with the fact that Jonathan isn't just smart, but he's going to go to all ends to try to solve problems. And that's what he loves to do. And for me, that makes a recommendation come alive. Yeah, that's a really good example. Uh, the third tip I wanted to tell you about today is remember to tell us about how a candidate behaves. It's just as important as what they do. Can you give an example? Well, we, we look for applications. We're very interested about somebody's ability to be a future leader. So I remember two recommendations I recently read, and each of them painted a picture in a very different way of a potential leader. And it just struck me of how you know, thoughtful and effective these recommendations were. The first was about a woman on a soccer team, and her peer wrote this recommendation. And she really had spoken about how this particular woman was always the last to leave soccer practice, did more sit-ups than anyone else. If, if the coach said run four miles, she always ran five. And over the course of the season, even though she was one of the younger players on the team, people started to rally to the level of expectation that she set for herself. It was almost as if she was setting a higher bar than even the coach, and together she was bringing the team with her. Practices became more serious, people became more engaged. And this peer just stepped back and said, that's the kind of leader she is, that she set such a high standard all of us want to follow. And for me, that was a very poignant example of how someone could lead. Ironically, the next application I read had a similar sports example. And this particular individual had a very different leadership style. 
when someone was having trouble on the team, he was the person in the locker room sitting down and seeing if he could help. If someone was having a difficulty with a technique, it was a basketball team on a particular shot, he would be there after practice showing them how to use the backboard. Or even he was the one person to think about having Friday night team dinners and organizing them at his dorm to bring the team together. Again, neither of these individuals were captains, but both had a dramatic impact on the culture of the team in very different ways. So trying to explain to us the how, not just the what, can bring a whole layer of richness to the evaluation of an applicant. And it also shows that there are very different flavors of leadership. Yep, absolutely. And the last tip is remember to tell us a little bit about the context in which an applicant has impact. A good example of this is suppose you work in an industry where someone in the admissions committee might not be familiar, so giving us some understanding of how things work in that particular environment I was just reading a recommendation for someone who worked in a manufacturing facility, and they had been recently promoted to supervising individuals who were making yarn. And I've never worked on a manufacturing floor, so I was reading with great interest. And the recommender really did a wonderful job of explaining it was a unionized workforce, there had been many layoffs before the supervisor was given this responsibility, and in addition, most of the people um, didn't have a college education. So those were great contextual details that let me appreciate the impact the supervisor had as he instituted changes on that factory floor. So those would be the four things, I think, to keep in mind when you're writing any recommendation. Give us an honest perspective, provide us with evidence, think about the how as well as the what, and lastly, tell us about the context in which a candidate is operating. If you were asked to write a letter of recommendation, how would you personally start the process? You know, if we reflect back to what makes an effective recommendation, it's about bringing this person alive. So I think the most important thing would be to, once you have a sense of what the questions are from the candidate, to really sit back and reflect. The questions will guide you. You're also going to want to gather up some information, just as reminders and, and details that you can use about how they've impacted your organization, about whether it's their performance review or projects you've worked on. But at the end of the day, it's that time to step back and say, why is this person different? Why is their impact different? How, if they left tomorrow, would our organization have been touched in a unique way? And I think that will begin to get the juices flowing so you can bring them to life for us. And uh, what would you not do? There are no shortcuts. You know, you really need to spend that time and, ref and reflect. Um, sometimes recommenders will ask applicants to bullet point some ideas for them and how they might answer the questions. And at the end of the day, this is really where you're taking away sort of your fresh perspective, your creative insight. I mean, there have been cases where I'll look, put three recommendations together and see that the questions were answered almost exactly the same in each case, all with the best of intentions. But it's a recommender trying to use what an applicant talking points maybe the applicant has given them in their own way, but it comes out very stale across the board. And it also deprives us of that breadth that really makes an applicant leap off the page and uh, describes him or her in a unique way. Yeah, because you really do have a unique view on this person that no one else in the world has, and it's important to capture that and spend the time to get it on the page. Our applicants come from all countries of the world, and so some recommenders may not speak English fluently or not at all. Are language skills a barrier to writing an effective recommendation? Let's suppose that this candidate is coming from Japan or from South Korea, and their supervisor's first language is not English. It's Japanese or Korean. 
we will certainly, when we read that recommendation, take that into consideration. It's really the content of the recommendation, not the spelling, not the grammar, not even the word choice, that's going to be important to us as we read that recommendation. However, it's always an option if the if the recommender, if you would feel more comfortable having your recommendation translated and attaching that, and you feel more comfortable writing in your first language, it's absolutely an option to do that translation, and everyone should feel comfortable doing that as well. So in other words, when we read a recommendation from a non-native English speaker, we still get enough information? Absolutely. The examples that they use in the recommendation and the content of what they're telling us in my experience, comes through. We are actively looking for individuals who have had experience working all over the world. And that means that their direct supervisors, in most cases, won't speak English as a first language. So something that happens often and we're very comfortable with looking for content and not how well it's written in English. Let me ask you this. Um, an applicant is coming to me and asking me to write a letter of recommendation but I'm not comfortable with providing a letter of recommendation. Maybe I don't feel positive about the applicant and my evaluation or my letter of recommendation would be not in support. What would you recommend, recommend us do in a situation like that? I think honesty is always the best policy. So I think having a frank conversation with the applicant about both the good and some of the constructive feedback that you would want to supply the admissions committee and allowing in that discussion both you and the applicant to come to a, a good decision about whether you are the right person or whether there would be potentially someone else who would write the recommendation in a different light. If you're their work supervisor, we've requested that applicants get one recommendation from their direct supervisor. So in some cases, Despite there may be some constructive criticism, you may be the best person for that applicant to ask. Does a negative recommendation automatically disqualify an applicant? And by the same token, does a positive recommendation automatically get an applicant accepted? Each recommendation is one of many, many data points that we look at for any candidate. So one recommendation, whether it's positive or negative, wouldn't determine the final outcome of any candidate's file. That being said, we've talked earlier about every candidate has opportunities to develop just as they have spikes or things that come very easily to them. So the more that you can give us insight into both dimensions and where they've come from, where they've grown, the better the reference will be and the recommendation will be. We require three letters of recommendation, one from a direct supervisor, one from the workplace, and then one from a peer. How does the information we get from these three different perspectives differ? We're unique from other schools in that we require a peer recommendation. And to your question, Rita, we really believe that that provides a whole different perspective. We're looking for people who have leadership potential, and as I'm sure our recommenders can appreciate, you lead in different ways when you're the manager, when you're a teammate, or when you're taking um, directions from someone else. So in each of these recommendations, we think we're going to get a different flavor of what it's like to work with the candidate, whether it's side by side or, again, in more of a direct authority relationship. Do we ask different questions? Each of you will be required to give us the same four pieces of information, but what we've seen 
is that the flavors of your responses really differ because you're in a different um, working relationship. Thank you very much for taking the time to answer these questions. It was my pleasure. And thank you for listening to this interview with Kirsten Moss. For more information about the MBA program at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, please visit our website at www.gsb.stanford.edu slash MBA. The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.